Today, my guest is Don right. Reese. I recently heard Don's story of addiction and recovery, and I wanted her to share it with you. Many of you watching these videos are in healthcare, and you're involved in monitoring for those with a substance abuse disorder. People who bring that addiction into the workplace, putting not only their lives in danger, but placing patient lives in danger. Don's story does not involve healthcare, but it is a meaningful story involving addiction. Dawn struggled with addiction for roughly 25 years. And as I was listening to her story, I could not help but think of a previous interview I had done with Dawn and Martha Teeter on the stigma of those with addictions. Stigma, those who don't struggle with addiction, have toward those who do, the way we view them, as well as, as the stigma of those who struggle with addiction how they feel toward themselves and how it affects their recovery. I want Dawn to share her story, but before she shares, I wanna first recognize the courage she has in coming forward to share her story and then ask her a few questions. So welcome Dawn, and thank you very much for allowing me to interview you. Thank you. It does take courage to share. So let's start by talking about stigma. Yeah. <laughs> Do you recall any times when people have exhibited a oh, bias toward you? There is a lot of stigma that goes with this. Can you give us some examples of something that, that you remember? Um, a lot of family does, you know, they, they place that stigma on you. And once you start that addiction, you are you become a pariah or a black sheep in the family and you know, they want to love you, but they also, it's tough love. And sometimes you just need support and you just need somebody to be there. Not financially. You just need somebody to say, we love you. And no matter what you do, we're going to be there for you. And that doesn't always happen. Sure. Do you think that some of those experiences on with the stigma delayed your success or path to recovery? Um, I don't think so. You know, it hurts and it, it does make it harder for the fact that you do feel more alone. But I think an addict is going to be an addict until they decide that that's not who they want to be anymore until they realize this is not okay and I need help. Sure, that makes sense. Were there people in your life who did continue to love and support you unconditionally through your addiction? And if so, did they do anything that actually influenced you to break your dependence on drugs and alcohol? Um, no, not really. I don't. I think the more my family pushed me to stop, the more I wanted to just keep doing it because it's like with smoking or drinking, you have to want to stop within yourself and you have to want to make your life better. And when people tell you, oh, you need to stop, you need to stop, it just makes you want to do it more. You want them to help you and encourage you, but not force you into something you may not be ready for. Sure, that makes sense. So as I mentioned, many of you who watch these videos work in hospitals and may be in positions where your responsibility is to monitor for a healthcare worker who is taking controlled substances from the hospital for their personal use. And Don, I know everyone is different, but is there any advice or thoughts that you have on what we might say to someone we believe is addicted and stealing in an effort to get them to admit their struggle with a drug addiction and start on the road to recovery? 
Uh, don't don't ever come at them in a mean or accusatory way. People, they know what they're doing and they know what's wrong. But sometimes if you just go up to them and say, hey, if you need to talk, if you need help, if you need anything, show them that you are going to be there to support them and help them and not try to turn it into a bad thing because they already know it's bad. They want you to help them find the positive in this and find the help and somebody that they can lean on for support. Okay, that makes sense. All right, well, in the remainder of the time that we have, I'm going to ask Dawn to share her journey. The heartache that came with her struggle with addiction, the moments of joy experienced in her journey to beat the addiction, her hope, her turning point, and where her strength came from. Each of you will take away something different from her story, but I hope that this will be a reminder that those dependent on drugs or alcohol can benefit from our support and prayer, and there can be good, successful recoveries with new beginnings and a new life. So Dawn, please share your story with us. So, like she said, I spent 25 years of my life doing drugs and drinking, and I don't even remember what got me started on it, but when I was younger, my dad was very strict, and I couldn't do anything, and I rebelled against him big time. And I just became everything that I said I never wanted to be, and there was a lot of times when good things happened. I had my kids, and oh... I was a great mom. I was there and my kids were always clean and they were taken care of and they loved me and they still love me, but it was a lot to go through for them. And there came a point when the drugs just became more important than anything that I was doing. And I lost my kids. I was in abusive relationships. Um, one of the relationships, he held a gun to my head and told me he would kill me if he couldn't be with me, then nobody could. And after that, it was just another abusive relationship. And it took a long time to break out of that. But when you're an addict, that's what you think about. You think about where you're going to get your next fix and how you're going to stay high. And you don't think about anything else. And through all of that, not having my kids gave me a lot of strength to keep going forward because even though I knew I was getting high and I knew what I was doing, I wanted my kids and I still wanted to be their mom. And I knew at some point I was going to break out of that. And it took a lot of phone calls with my son. He got taken away from me about the same time my daughter did. And it was a lot of phone calls from a payphone with a phone card every week, no matter what, if I was high, if I was coming down, if I was asleep, I'd wake up, I'd go across the street and I would call him every week. And the things that poor kid went through, and I knew it was my fault. And that's the hardest thing to do is admit that you failed them and you failed yourself. And then you go get high again and you do it all over again. And you have to tell your kids that you love them over the phone instead of in their bedroom at night when you're saying their prayers with them and putting them to bed and you can't be there and it kills you and it's it's rough but i finally 
manage to break away from that relationship. And my brother actually put me on a bus at one o'clock in the morning to come back to Wyoming and pick up my daughter because of the situation she was in. And it saved my life. At that time, it saved my life. I picked her up and I had to go to the school to get her. And she hadn't seen me in a year. And it took her a minute to recognize who I was. But once she did and she saw me, her face lit up like, oh, I don't have to go home. I'm saved. My mom is here. And she jumped into my arms. And I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget it, the way that felt. And the following summer, that was in 2006. The following summer, I went to the airport in Denver. My son was flying home for the first time and I couldn't find him. I went there and I was at the gate where he was supposed to be. And I went up to the agent standing there at the at the ticket where the door is to go on the plane. And I told her who I was looking for. And she's like, I don't know. And he said, that's my mom. At the same second, I turned around and I ran over to him and I held on to him. And she couldn't even get my ID out of my hand because I wouldn't let him go. And I just held on to him. But he went back home. My son hasn't lived with me since he was four. And we still talk every day, even after everything that we went through. In fact, I just talked to him last night. But it was a lot of work and it was a lot of effort going in to keep that relationship going through everything that I did. But my kids know everything. They know everything that I've done. Um, and it's horrible that that I have to be that mom to do those things and have to be honest with them in that way. But it's so, it's so important that you find that inside yourself to do that because your kids need to know. Don't ever hide it from them. Well, after that, um, I did good. I did really good for a while, six years. I was sober and I still drank, but I was clean off drugs and I met my husband and he's, he's amazing. We have gone through a lot to stay together and we started doing drugs again after we got married. You know, things just went downhill and it just got worse and worse and worse. And I think we actually lived at the lake in a camper for six weeks because we just were too high to do anything else. And we moved to Cheyenne in 2016. And it was about that time that I really started praying. I mean, that whole time, that whole 25 years, I just prayed and prayed. But that two years from 2016 to 2018, I think is when I prayed the most because I was done being high. I didn't want to do that anymore. But you get to a point as an addict that you just can't stop. And nothing anybody says is going to break you out of that. You just you just keep going and you don't want to, but that next fix is is right there and you have to have it. And so we got arrested in May of 2018, right before my daughter graduated high school. And I had to call my daughter from jail and tell her that we got arrested. But when we went into booking and we were sitting there, one of the female officers said, you know what, they always come back, she'll be back. And to me, that is a deterrent. That makes me want to prove you wrong. And I'm not going to do that anymore. And when she gave me my clothes and sent me into that bathroom to change my clothes, I dropped to my knees in that jail. And I thanked God because I knew that I wasn't going to have to do drugs anymore. I wasn't going to have to be that person anymore. He saved my life. 
And from there, everything, it was rough. That summer was rough. My husband was in jail. The judge was actually really nice to give him a furlough so he could come and spend four hours with her on graduation day. And as a parent and everything that you go through and you know where you're at, she was thankful, but that's hard. Your daughter graduates and her dad has to be let out of jail for a few hours just to go be there. And she's so brave and she's so strong. And the girl that she has grown into, the woman that she is, I'm amazed <laughs> for everything that we put her through. But you got to take those moments and you got to be thankful for those for those moments. And a few months later, my husband got out of jail. But before that, I received the Holy Spirit. And I remember that moment that God decided to bless me with that gift. And it was like chills all over my whole body. And I remember, I remember just breaking down in tears because it changes your life. It changes everything that happens from that moment on. And my husband and I got baptized. Um, it's again, September of 2018. And that whole time up until that moment, that whole summer, I asked for forgiveness for everything I'd ever done wrong, for being an adulterer, for being a thief, for lying to people, for doing drugs. And you have to ask for forgiveness, but you have to admit that you're not perfect and it's okay to not be perfect. But you have to know that even if you make bad choices, you're still a good person and you still have a good heart. And no matter what other people tell you, you have to believe in yourself and you have to know that you are going to be okay. Whether you believe in the Lord or not, you are still a good person and you are still amazing and you will come out of this. I have not had a drink of alcohol since December 31st of 2019. I spent all of 2019 still trying to figure out who I was becoming and who I wanted to become. But once I decided that I didn't want to drink anymore, I didn't want to do, I didn't want to smoke anymore. I quit smoking. Everything is in my life is so much better now. And I have a faith in the Lord that I can't even explain. I can't describe the way it makes you feel every day. And just to know that all of those things and that addiction and those struggles are all behind me now because I had that faith and that trust in the Lord. And some people need rehab and some people need other forms of help and that's okay too. However you need to get help, when you're ready, it will be there. And no matter if people tell you that you've done this wrong and you've done that wrong and you can't ever be forgiven, that's a lie. And don't ever believe that because God forgives everything and God loves you and the help is there if you need it. So just trust in that. It's a hard thing to do. And I get that being an addict for as long as I was. But the life that I have now, I wouldn't trade a single moment of any, any time I was high or drinking or partying because it got me to the most amazing place I've ever been to in my life. And I'm very thankful to be here. And I'm very thankful to be able to share my story for anybody out there that needs a little help and a little love, you are loved. And I get you and I understand. So thank you for allowing me to share my story. 
And I really pray that this helps somebody. Thank you.